0: Uh, Well, today we are looking at the most radical teaching that Jesus gave. And I recognize that some of you are here today and you say, Well, I don't really know, I don't really believe in Jesus. And some of you would say, I don't even know if I believe in God. And I just want to say how happy I am that you're here. That you would trust us is in part of your quest and your search Uh, spiritually and uh, and I want you to know there was a time when I was right where you are I didn't know if I believed in God and I sure didn't know where Jesus fit in at that time I demanded a miracle the only way I was going to believe is if I saw a miracle and if I didn't see a miracle then it was God's fault if I didn't believe if there is a God so I just want you to know that whatever it is that you're looking for, we want to help. Maybe you struggle to reconcile God and science. Maybe you can't understand why, why God would allow suffering in this world. Maybe you are repulsed by people who claim to be Christian. Maybe faith just seems silly to you. Or maybe you're looking for a miracle and always disappointed. A lot of us have been where you are. So, personally, I would love to visit with you about whatever's kind of going on inside of you and where you're at. Uh, I won't. I promise I won't tell you what to believe, but I, I hope that I can ask some questions that will be helpful to you and maybe point you to what's been helpful to me. So, anyway, this morning I want to start by... Uh, sharing a story that was on NPR a few years ago uh, about Julio Diaz. Every day, Julio Diaz looked forward to eating at his favorite diner on his way home from work. And one day, he was, he was walking and he was approaching the diner and a teenage boy came up to him with a knife. And uh, so, you know, Diaz, he's 31 years old, he, he handed him his wallet and said, here you go. As the boy was walking away, Diaz uh, called out to him. He said, hey, wait a minute. Uh, You forgot something. He said, if if you're going to be robbing people all night, uh, uh, you might as well take my coat, too, so you can stay warm. And the boy looked at him. Why are you doing this? And Diaz says, well, if you're willing to risk your freedom for a few dollars, then... I guess you must really need the money. And he said, I mean, all I I was going to do is I was going to get dinner, and if you really want to, you could join me. See, you're you're more than welcome. So the two of them went into the diner and sat at a booth and ate together. When the check arrived, Diaz told the boy, look, I guess you're going to have to pay. Because you have my money. So if you give me back my wallet, I'll gladly treat you. And the boy didn't even think about it. He just handed him his wallet. So in addition to paying for the meal, Diaz handed him 20 bucks, figuring maybe it'll help him out. But Diaz also asked for something in return, the kid's knife. And the boy gave it to him. And I can imagine Jesus watching that scene and going, yes! That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of miracle that will change the world. This fall, we've been discovering what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, found in Matthew's Gospel, chapters 5, 6, and 7. And the most quintessential teaching of Jesus is this passage that that we heard uh, Larry read for us just a few minutes ago, where Jesus says to turn the other cheek to love our enemies. You know, this is what inspired uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The strategy of King's movement was to receive blows but not return them, to get arrested but respond with love. Isn't that what Jesus did? He received blows but did not return them. He was arrested but responded with love. And that's why People who are most like Jesus are the hope of the world. That's what I believe. The people who are most like Jesus represent the hope of the world. Jesus says, call them, he said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. If you would, please open your Bible to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to start with verse 38. In the pew Bible there in front of you, it's on uh, page 970. And uh, let me tell you, these are some of the most powerful words you'll ever hear. And by the way, if you don't uh, own a Bible at home, then today's the day to change that. Just that pew Bible, just take it home, our gift to you. Uh, Matthew five thirty-eight, and then the first part of verse 39, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. Now, This eye-for-eye, tooth-for-tooth law first appears in the book of Exodus in the Bible, uh, the chapter after the Ten Commandments, and its purpose is to limit retaliation. Limit retaliation. No longer could you kill someone because they knocked your tooth out. Instead... The judge must must order. It says in Exodus 21, verse 24, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. Now that seems kind of harsh to us today. But let me tell you, this was a step up. It was a step in the right direction. It it stopped vengeance killings. It stopped family feuds. It introduced fairness. It it was good, but... of course, as morality goes, it's at the bottom of the mountain. And Jesus wants to take us to the top of the mountain. Jesus says, do not resist an evil person. Now, the Greek word translated resist can also mean oppose. Look kind of synonymous, right? Uh, as in, do not oppose them. As in, don't try to get even with them. Don't try to pay them back. And this no retaliation uh, ethic just keeps popping up throughout the rest of the New Testament. Uh, do not repay anyone evil for evil, Romans twelve seventeen. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else, 1 Thessalonians 5, 15. Do not repay evil with evil, or insult with insult. On, on the contrary, repay evil with blessing, 1 Peter 3.9. And all of that, that theme we find running through Scripture, it begins in the Sermon on the Mount. Here's another way to say it. Give up getting revenge. Excuse me, get up, give up getting even. Give up revenge, instead surprise them. Uh, Will you say that with me? Let's try it. Give up getting even, give up revenge, instead surprise them. And then Jesus gives us some surprising examples, and the first one you'll see in your Bible there is the last part of verse 39. Jesus says, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Now, let me tell you, when when you turn the other cheek, it is an act of courage, not cowardice. Don't misunderstand it. And it is hard. Everything within us wants to strike back. We want to teach them a lesson. We want to give them a taste of their own medicine. Now, I have to add to this that Jesus is not telling you to stick around and get beat up. Beat to a pulp. Sometimes you have to draw boundaries with dangerous people. And even Jesus, when he was about to be lynched by his hometown people in Nazareth, he walked away. He just got out of there. And sometimes that's what we need. You need to get out of there. But when you receive the insult of a backhand across the face, and that's really more what we're talking about with what Jesus is saying is an insult, A normal reaction is just going to be, I'm going to come with fists flying. But the deep, daring, daily disciple says, "Uh uh-uh, your slap is not going to change me. Your slap is not going to change who I am. And to prove it, go ahead, take another shot. You have just surprised them with non-retaliation. So, turning the other cheek is Jesus' first example. The second one is in verse 40. It says, and if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. Now, the, the ancient Jew only wore two items of clothing, so this is pretty radical stuff, right? But a lawsuit sets up an adversarial relationship. It's you against them. Jesus says, don't go there. Don't, don't get yourself trapped into a spot where you have to be in an adversary with someone because your relationship is more important than that, even with this person who's suing you. So surprise them. Be generous. Give the plaintiff more than they ask for. Don't let stuff become more important than the person. Right? Don't let stuff become more important than the relationship. Most people love their possessions as themselves. Jesus says, Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 41, Jesus gives us a third example of how to be surprising. He says, If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. And I can almost hear someone laughing. Isn't that hilarious? Go with them two miles. A, a, back then, a Roman soldier could legally conscript you to carry their pack a thousand steps, about a mile. And if you were a Jew, nothing would get under your skin more than having to carry that Roman soldier's pack. And then Jesus has this, this crazy idea. When you've been, after you've been forced to, to, to go one mile, now just offer. Just offer. Say, hey, I'll carry it for you another mile. It'll freak him out. A uh, Methodist missionary a, a century ago, E. Stanley Jones, said, if a man compels you to go with him one mile, you are his slave. But if you voluntarily go with him two, then you rise from your slavery Confer a bounty on him and thus become his master. And then Jesus gives what is probably the most ordinary everyday example of the four. It's in verse 42. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Frederick Dale Bruner points out that Jesus does not say that you have to give them what they ask for. But Jesus wants you to give them something. Give them something. In the parallel passage in Luke's gospel, Jesus says that when you lend to someone, don't expect to be repaid. I mean, if you are repaid, fine. If not, don't worry about it. A couple weeks ago, a young friend of mine asked if he could borrow some money. And I wasn't worried about that I wasn't worried that loaning him the money was gonna make his problems worse or that he was gonna use it in bad ways. So I gave it to him. If he repays me, great. If not, hey I'm I'm glad I'm glad glad to give it to him. And if all I can spare is is fifty bucks or five bucks or Whatever, I mean, I'll just do what I can. And if I ever believe that my generosity would do him more harm than good, I'll still want to give him something, even if it means, say, hey, let's go out for coffee and talk. And when we do these things, Jesus says, it has to start with love. It has to start with love. So I'm going to ask you to, to read with me verses 43 and 44. We'll, let's all read it together, shall we? You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. But what if someone who's supposed to love you, someone who's supposed to care about you, keeps hurting you? What do you do? Every Sunday in this series we've been catching Uh, little bits of conversation between uh, Austin and Jarell, and this time we we find them at uh, where Austin works
1: so let's watch we have an awesome rock block here at the legendary lunch hour coming up in just a few minutes I am your host Austin Anderson and oh hey we got a I got a guest here looks like my uh, roommate and BFF Jarrell is here what's up man you've never come to my work but you've never been here did you bring me lunch? Nah, nah, Candy? Nah, nah. Why are you here? Uh, I just had to get... Sit down. Um, what? I just wanted to get the rent. Oh, the rent. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Who we to say that. that are we lied. Yeah, it's fine. The rent, I. that's right. You're probably furious we with me. I forgot the rent. Drell's already mad at me. I'm trying to win him back. I took his car without asking. He ran out of gas. He was no, stranded no. on the side of the road. Stop, stop, stop. What? what are you doing? What? Oh, my goodness, bro. What's wrong with you, man? You telling all this business, bro. Were you like something happened to you as a kid? Well, yeah, my dad abandoned our family. What? Yeah, you knew that. You're my best friend. Uh no, I did not know that, but I am you, your best what? friend. You didn't know that? No, I just said that. Oh, man. Okay. Well, anyways, all right. We gotta take what? A, we gotta take a quick break here on the legendary lunch hour. This is 106.5 the animal. <laughs> and I am Austin Anderson. We will be right back. What are you talking about, man? Dude, you didn't What do you mean? You didn't know my dad left? No. Yeah. I mean, now that you think about it, I think I've only met your mom or heard about your mom. Like Yeah. Wow. How Like how long has it been since you've seen him? Well, I mean, it's I don't know. He's been trying to see me, but I'm just I don't want anything to do with it. So, what? I don't know. A couple times. Yeah, he just he didn't really want a family. He just uh you know, so he's going to get a pack of smokes, never came back and went to do his own thing. But then he tries to come back wow. and, uh, you know, like whatever, try to rekindle a relationship. And then I fall for it some I'm gullible. And then uh, it takes off again. So I'm just like, dude, I'm I'm done with it. I just, get, I, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I just want to punch the guy in the face. And my mom's like, yo, you got to forgive him, you know, and love him anyways and all this stuff, and I'm like, dude, I, I just, I, I don't know, I can't do it. Um, how, do you, how do you love someone that just betrays you all the time? I guess you just do, I don't know. Uh, yeah, me either. I, I can just pick up the check later. All right, man, well, yeah, I mean, you gotta cut it off sometime. But- yeah dude, I mean I didn't mean to bring you down right. Uh no, it's okay. I, that I that never just like a, I just never Yeah, I know we never talk. I don't really like to talk about it and I really don't like to talk about him, but but yeah. But okay. anyways, man, this uh, is uh I got to I got to get I got to get back on the air. All right, bud. Yeah, I'll dude, just get it for you later. Yeah, man. I'll see you back at the apartment. Okay. Sorry to hear that, man. All right, welcome back. This is Austin Anderson with the legendary Lunch Jabber, and we have a new rock block coming up for you right now. By the way, uh, you may not know
0: it, but, I mean, we're working with these two guys every week and, and uh, kind of about what these videos are going to be like, and they're just doing them. I mean, they're doing them with, for us. And we, and, uh, we're, you know, this isn't something we buy off the shelf somewhere, but uh, these are local people doing them. And uh, anyway, but I'm sure that that video also brings up some, some old hurts, some old wounds. How do you love someone who has betrayed you and hurt you over and over and over? And I can tell you that it takes a lot of healing, and that takes time. And there are times when we have to maintain safe boundaries, as I said before, safe boundaries with unsafe people. And part of our healing is to ask Jesus for the strength to forgive. And sometimes we even have to learn what forgiveness really looks like. And we realize that it is a process. It's not just all black and white there's a process to it and notice Jesus does not ask you how you feel he doesn't ask you how you feel about this person when he says love your enemies he's talking about actions about things that you do he to act generously and the more you pray for that person the more you'll find your your own heart changing that you're able to give up getting even Give up the desire to hurt that person back for what they've done to you. And, of course, when you love your enemies and pray for them, it doesn't mean they're going to change. They might, but they may not. They may hate you more. They may become more of a jerk. Jesus says, love them anyway. Pray for them anyway. Jesus says, do you love your friends? Good for you. Criminals love their friends. Are you friendly with people who act like you and look like you and talk like you? Anybody can do that. I mean, that is, that's love here at the bottom of the mountain. It's, it's good to have that, but Jesus takes us to the top of the mountain. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. On October 1st, I was uh, reading the op-ed section of the World Herald And I found this this piece written by uh, this guy, Daryl Davis. Daryl's a professional musician. Uh, He's even played in years before with uh, Chuck Berry and a lot of other people. Uh, And he tells a story of playing with a country band uh, at a truck stop lounge back in 1983. He's the only black person in the place. And a guy comes up to him and says he's really been enjoying the music. And he invites Daryl over to his table for a drink. Well, Daryl doesn't drink, but he goes over anyway. Uh, And the guy says, you know, this is the first time I've ever sat down with a black man. Daryl asked him why. And he said, I'm a member of the Ku Klux Klan. And Daryl just burst out laughing. He didn't believe it. The guy pulled out his membership card. He was a Klansman. And that's when a question formulated in Daryl's mind that would guide him for the next 30 years or more. How can you hate me when you don't even know me? So the two of them began a conversation. Daryl kept in touch with him, and eventually the two became good friends. From there, Daryl began traveling around the country, meeting with KKK members, interviewing them. And starting with the question, how can you hate someone you've never met? And in most cases, because uh, you know, Daryl was not defensive, and he was generous, uh, a friendship began. Last year, an award-winning documentary was released about Daryl. You can find it now on Netflix, and it's called this, Accidental, Curio- Accidental Courtesy. Accidental Courtesy. Daryl developed a friendship with one man who eventually became the imperial wizard. The, he, that means he's the top clansman of the nation. After being in the KKK for 20 years, one day he called Daryl and said he was leaving the Klan and apologized that he had been a member and said he could no longer hate people. He said Daryl turned out to be not what he thought black people were. Daryl now owns this guy's robe and hood matter of fact he has a collection of more than two dozen robes and hoods from former clansmen who have now become his friends how does he do it he listens to them he he listens to them without getting defensive And when he listens to them and takes time to do that, most of them will reciprocate and listen to him. Daryl loves his enemies. And by loving them, some of them begin to see the world differently. Now, maybe you're sitting there thinking, Oh, man, this is too hard. I can't do it. It's just too hard for me. And I say, that's okay. I mean, that's why we need Jesus, right? Jesus blesses sinners. He, he blesses the brokenhearted. He blesses the poor in spirit. And he promises that he's going to walk with you up that mountain. I'm going to start with you where you are, but he's going to walk with you step by step, day by day, Jesus came for sinners like you and me, and he reaches out his hand. He says, come along. Come with me. And he's waiting for you to respond and reach out your hand and say, okay, let's go. Let's pray. Jesus Sometimes we think, well, we don't know why you, you call us to do something that seems so impossible. Because there are people in our lives that we find it impossible to love. And yet you're calling us. Somehow you even believe in us. You honor us with that belief. So, Lord, here we are at the bottom of the mountain. And we, we hear your voice. We see your hand reaching out to us. And how can we turn you away? Lord, we want to take your hand and ask you to change our hearts. Help us to love who we don't have the power to love on our own. Help us to forgive when forgiveness just seems too hard to even try. And Lord, we ask that you will come and make your home in our hearts. And we give our lives to you. We pray in your name. Amen.